welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Well, thank you, Paul. Today I am with Kyle Wayne Johnson. And Kyle, I got to say, I just like saying your name because I think it's a really strong name. Is it, do, <laughs> does anyone ever call you The Rock? You know, no one has, but it's funny. I was in Kiel's the other day, and they, you know, how you go up to the desk when you're checking out, and they had asked me for my email address, and I had told her it's Kyle Wayne Johnson at whatever, and she was like, that's a really strong name. That's how you should introduce yourself. So people have been saying that. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Wayne Johnson, thank you for joining the show today. <laughs> Let's start off before we jump into some of the questions that I have for you, just a little bit of your background. Um, Kyle, for, for folks uh, listening in and who don't know Kyle, he is the uh, running marketing automation over there at Thomson Reuters in the legal group. But why don't you start off telling us a little bit, kind of like a week in the life of someone who runs marketing automation? Because one of the questions I had is, you know, how broad of your responsibilities beyond the marketing automation system and other marketing technologies. But who is Kyle Wayne Johnson and what does he do every week? Sure. So it, I like to think that it varies from week to week. And I say that because I'm never bored. I never feel like it's a monotonous job. And I'm always having something thrown at me. So right now in Thomson Reuters, we're going through a lot of change management to where we're going through and centralizing a lot of the core functions, uh, marketing automation being one of them. And so there's a lot of change management with that, bringing them from the different satellite groups that have been doing their own things, bring that all together. So that's certainly a, something that, that keeps me busy. And on top of that, dealing with, um, you, you know, it's just a wide range of what it is that I deal with. So some of the conversations that I have are super broad and really high level, talking about what our global strategy is going to be for operationalizing our market automation platform, Eloqua, and the org structure that's going to help support that. So that's one end of the spectrum. And then I'll go from that meeting and then butting right up next to that, I'll talk to one of my, my dedicated map specialists and talk to them about a specific problem that they're having in Eloqua with CDOs or data piping in or out of the system. So it's really running the full gamut. Diverse set of responsibilities sounds like both strategic and tactical. You mentioned Eloqua, and and that's the platform that Thomson Reuters has been using. Uh, but you also have backgrounds in other systems as well, as you and I have gotten to know each other, things like Pardot and, yep. and other tools. Where where are you today in terms of, you know, it sounds like I'll call you a two-footed soccer player, maybe maybe <laughs> three or four feet. Are you agnostic to marketing technology, or if not, what are some of the things, you know, if someone's listening in and doesn't use Eloqua or hasn't used some of the marketing automation tools that you've got in your arms around, what are some insights in terms of the platforms out there? I've worked really with a handful of tools, whether it be in my current role or in, in jobs past. I've had experience, like you said, with Pardot, and um, I've seen Marketo, haven't used that one, but we use responses here in Thomson Reuters, and we're as we're moving to Eloqua. Eloqua is our primary enterprise solution that we're moving towards. Um, and then a handful of the other ones for some of the smaller sort of one-off projects that I've been doing, things like MailChimp, Constant Contact, and such. And so my word of wisdom that I would share with someone who's just dipping their toe into the pool of marketing automation, I think that you really have to first think about what it is that you're trying to get out. Because I think that marketing automation is is really cool and it's really powerful and that there's a handful of tools out there, but I think that it's important that you find a tool that, that suits your needs. There's no need for a small business who just wants to do basic batch and blast campaigns. There's no need for you to use Eloqua, I would say, or Marketo or any of those other bigger solutions. So it's all about finding the finding the platform or the, the software that meets your, your needs. 
Good advice. You know, uh, like you, I started my very first marketing automation system. Well, I guess not like you. My first marketing automation system was Eloqua. And when I started DemandGen in 2007, the goal of the company was to help marketers with the use of marketing technology. We, we've always been tool agnostic, meaning that we have clients uh, on many different platforms, whether it's a Salesforce marketing cloud uh, set of tools, the Eloqua tools, or Marketo's tools. We have dozens and dozens of clients that have used all of those and, and use them successfully. And I want to reiterate the point that, that you made, which is you really have to assess your needs and find the right tool for you. And while we remain, you know, for the most part agnostic, we definitely have our own biases for mm-hmm. different market segments, different company sizes, and most importantly, the skill set of the team that will be using the marketing technology systems because for the most part, people who struggle with any of the systems out there, it has less to do with the platform and more to do Mm -hmm. with the lack of process and expertise. And you guys have a a ton of that. So, you know, you're not, you're not scared. You're not frightened by any of the tools that are out there. In fact, let's talk about a major initiative that you guys have been going through. So, you know, you've been setting up this center of excellence and you had to make some strategic decisions about do we take all the instances of Eloqua that we have, and you have a number of them uh, from companies that you've acquired and, and various groups, and do we centralize that or do we allow various groups to run their own independent platforms or allow other regions across the globe? And you guys went through a very you know, responsible process for figuring that out. Share some insights uh, from that experience yeah. and where you guys landed. We've definitely done a lot of our due diligence to get to the point to where we're at now, to where we're we're at this fork in the road to where we're trying to figure out, do we want to have a single global eloquent instance, or do we want to have a, three regional eloquent instances, one for North America, one for EMEA, then the other for APAC. And so we're going through and trying to weigh out the pros and cons of those and what that would look like. But I think either, either route we go, it's going to be a vast improvement from where we're at now. If you look at U.S., just the U.S. legal group of Thomson Reuters alone, uh, before we started this initiative, I think that we had somewhere close to 13, 14 different systems or tools that were sending emails Ooh. to our very finite pool of, of prospects and customers. And so with that, there's a handful of challenges and and I think frustrations that can lead to to customers just not getting the best experience that, that we want to offer them. Yeah, and you you know, when we were in New York and the time that we spent together, we've talked about some of the reasons to bring systems together and integrate it. And I've seen a, a lot of clients, uh, Microsoft had set up instances with different groups and they use actually Marketo. And what I find often is that either from acquisitions, right, where, you know, one company buys another company, one of our clients uh, used to be called Covidian, they purchased Medtronic, the two companies came together, one group used Marketo, one group used Eloqua. And so whether you have multiple Eloqua instances in your organization or multiple marketing automation systems, the trend no doubt often is that you bring and consolidate this infrastructure together for things like you and I have talked about, right? You know, the the data, aggregating data into one system and leveraging a central uh, database, making sure that you don't have to stress on the integrations of the tools. But I think more the important priorities have to do with scale. And if you have all these different, you know, regional marketing teams out there with their own instance, it's very difficult to scale and also bring consistency across the organization. So it's been great to see and and hear the progress that you guys have made. I think on that one, Dave, I think that it's really easy for marketers. And I think that the, that the marketing automation platforms do a really good job of selling it this way 
and I agree with them that you can really anyone can step into marketing automation tool and do the surface level of the functionality. Yep. It, they made it really easy to use the WYSIWYG tools and to build a custom audience or segment and then launch a one-off email. And I think that's pretty easy. But to your point with scalability, uh, I think that there's that there's a pretty steep learning curve pretty quickly. Once you can do that, that bare minimum, then to do the next level and the next level after that and the one after that, it's a pretty deep tool. You need to have a very deep pocket of expertise, and that's where I think a lot of the benefit of centralizing is. These marketing automation systems have been you know, around for over a decade now, and, and like you say, the level of complexity and power that they have is, is far different from when they got started. You know, Everybody uses a marketing automation system, certainly for email marketing, but as these tools have emerged from more of batch and blast email and lead capture and lead gen, uh, many of the systems really are now engagement marketing platforms and being used for you know managing the customer experience, you know, the upper funnel and lower funnel. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you're a technologist and you're using marketing technology, but you also have a passion for managing and, and directing that customer experience. So what are your thoughts in terms of the role that infrastructure plays, its importance in the customer experience? Absolutely, and I think that infrastructure plays a huge role in delivering on that customer experience. I think that over the years, we've seen a transition moving from where these marketing automation tools, these email service platforms, to where they've moved from just that, a tool to send emails, to where now, in a lot of cases, and certainly ours, it's the cornerstone of our marketing technology stack that paired with uh, our CRM system. And I think that as time has gone on and more of these tools have plugged into your marketing automation system, things like your webinar platforms, your content delivery tools, your live event management tools, things like that, what we're seeing is that marketing automation is quickly becoming the hub or the central, the center point of the customer experience. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm hearing that term hub used more and more by the marketing automation companies as an engagement hub or a, mm-hmm. a marketing hub. And it certainly is that cornerstone application. No doubt. Hey, let's take a quick break, Kyle, and come right back after a message from our sponsors and we'll pick up where we left off on the customer experience. Have you ever felt that you're not getting the most out of your marketing automation system? Well, you're not alone, but there is an answer. An award-winning agency called DemandGen that can not only get your team out of batch and blast mode, but turn your team into high-performance marketers that drive more revenue and have the kind of results you're looking for. They also have a marketing dashboard to show it. Experts in Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, and dozens of other top marketing technology, the folks at DemandGen have helped hundreds of the top marketing teams around the country, and they can do the same for you. So stop feeling stressed. Check out their services at demandgen.com, just like it sounds, demandgen.com. And while you're there, be sure and visit their resource section, which is chock full of videos, free templates, and downloadable guides, all of which will help you be a better marketer. If you need a team that will get you to the next level, there's one waiting. They're just a click away. Demandgen.com. All right, let's pick it back up with David and his guest. We are back. I'm here with Kyle Wayne Johnson, who is responsible for marketing automation over at Thomson Reuters and the legal group. And we were just starting to kind of dig in about customer experience and using technology to help manage and support the customer experience, which is something Kyle and I have uh, share great passion about. 
Kyle, have you guys in your marketing touch points gone beyond email in terms of how omnichannel are you today and where do you plan to get to? So today, if I were to put us on an assessment scale or spectrum, I would say we're probably at a level three or four and obviously want to be to a 10 or, or even 11. And so where we're at now is we're using Eloqua, our market automation tool. We're using that as that hub, as I mentioned earlier, and we're starting to plug in a lot of these third-party platforms that we're using, things like our webinar provider, live event management tool, so on and so forth. And what we're doing is we're plugging those in and then based off of an individual's behavior and and what they're doing with our webinars and our live events and our social media campaigns. What we're doing is we're then capturing that information and dropping it into Eloqua so that we can drop them into nurturing streams with the intention of moving them further through the funnel while by delivering the most relevant content based on the engagements that they're demonstrating across those various platforms. Cool. So the webinar, which is, you know, you guys are running uh, educational sessions and, and using that for both lead bait as well as customer engagement, you're making sure that the registrations uh, that go into those systems get funneled back to Eloqua as well as attendance information. And that was probably the first platform integration that we saw very widely adopted across our clients. We've also seen a lot more in print. It's great to see direct mail back in vogue. So we have a lot of our clients that are hooking in platforms like PFL so that they, uh, I guess their acronym stands for print for less. But, you know, those guys, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned them before on our podcast and had them on the show. It's nice to see direct mail. The other that we're seeing uh, get integrated more and more these days are uh, telephony. So, you know, the CRM tools that are doing outbound calling and that type of stuff, we're seeing those connecting points be brought in. Certainly big time use of video and, and personalization. So all of these different app clouds have hundreds of different tools that integrate and it's really nice to see the level of integration that has, that has taken place. How broadly are you responsible today for MarTech you know, marketing technology beyond marketing automation. So, for example, if there's business requirements to to use other tools or technologies lining against initiatives, what's your involvement in that level? I have a seat at the table, I would say. So there's a, a gentleman on my team named Keith who's awesome, the, really the technologist of the team. And so what he's responsible for is figuring out what all of the business requirements are for any given piece of technology. Uh, and ones that we're actually assessing or looking at are ones that have been in conversation are PFL, coincidentally, as well as looking at our telephony. So we're, we're looking at how to integrate those different tools into our Again, plug them into Eloqua so we can look at those engagements across the full gamut of all the ways that we're interacting with these people to try and nurture them accordingly. You are a student of, of learning. You're on a constant quest. You, you mm-hmm. love what you do. You have passions uh, for just learning so many different things in life. I really enjoyed our dinner in New York and we talked about whiskey and your dad's yeah. business and who got into distillery. So how did you get on this path? To marketing technology. If someone's listening in and mm-hmm. and they're they're thinking about using more of the technology uh, within marketing, there's the art of marketing, the science of marketing. Talk to me a little bit about your background and how you think that led to where you are today, or if it did. I mean, clearly you wound up here, but how'd you get here? So graduating college in 2008, and I remember right after college, moved to New York from Washington State, and I was looking for a job. And I remember very vividly having dinner conversations with with my dad and some of his business friends, and he was plugging me into into his network and speaking to these people. And they'd say, Kyle, okay, so you're interested in marketing. What kind of marketing do you want to do? 
And I remember just being totally dumbfounded by that question, like, what do you mean with start marketing? The, the only kind of marketing that there is. And little did I know at the time just how broad marketing is. Right, it can range from from data to um, to direct mails to events to marketing automation across the board, and little did I know. And so the first job that I found was at a financial research company, and I was one person uh, on the marketing team of four, counting myself. And looking back, that was really the best place to start my career because it was pretty apparent that I had no idea the breadth of marketing. And being on such a small team, I was able to dabble on a little bit of everything. And so in my time there, I found that I was particularly interested in the digital marketing aspect. And, and then I took that and I found an opportunity at AT&T to focus on digital marketing and I was an email marketer. And that's where I really started to dive into the depths of email marketing and knowing the ins and outs and being able to, you know, have dreams about click through rates and open to form submission rates and things like that. <laughs> and I know it's nerdy as it is. Um, it's okay to be a marketing geek. I think, you know, we always say geek is chic and, uh, I love, like you, I love, I love technology. I started in computer programming and I, you know, back when I was in college, there really wasn't a lot of software. So if you wanted software, you had to make it. And I started down that path of computer science, but I realized there's a whole lot of kids that are way smarter than me mathematically and, mm-hmm. um, the science. So I detoured and went into marketing and got a degree in, in marketing and, and a minor in computer science. So like you, when, when these two opportunities converged, I was all in. And ever since, you know, the nineties, I've been applying technology to marketing and uh, just seeing the power of really driving, driving growth. The nice bit to align with sales because they certainly have a lot of technology today too. Just quickly on that one, I think that you, with, with your background where you started with being a technologist and wanting to, to go down that route, and then me being a more of a quote-unquote traditional marketer, I think that the fact that we're at this point where we're having this conversation just speaks to the involvement of marketing and how it really has become a, a technology-based Practice. And it seems like when I, when I talk to you and, and hear the initiatives you guys are working on, it's very reflective of almost you guys are an IT department within mm-hmm. marketing, right? You're, Absolutely. you're focusing on tools and technologies and enabling your team. And because you guys have such solid marketing backgrounds and expertise, the requirements of, of what's needed, uh, is not, a, they're not a mystery to you. So when mm-hmm. a field marketing team comes in and says, Hey, we're going to be doing X, Y, and Z this year, you guys can think about not just what technology tools that might be beneficial, but how to apply them in a way that's going to drive demand or revenue or customer engagement. It's cool. What are the big plans for, for this year, 2017? What's, what's on the initiatives list? This year, so we set out on a few big initiatives, um, and the one that I'm most closely tied to is really establishing our marketing funnel and everything that goes into that. And then with that, the part that I'm particularly focused on is building out our lead scoring model. With that, just like I was saying earlier, we're taking a look at engagements across a handful of different platforms and trying to figure out how those different engagements or activities lead to a a individual's um, propensity to buy. Yeah. So talk about the lead scoring initiative. That's that's Mm -hmm. an exciting one, one I'm passionate about. You know, my book, Manufacturing Demand, Chapter 5 is all about lead scoring, and we talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about that, Will and I did, on our last episode. So what are your thoughts right now? I don't know how far you've dug into it, but in terms of using a predictive or some AI components to it or using more of the traditional qualification and, and digital body language models, what are you guys thinking, or is that not determined yet? 
Yeah, so still very much a work in progress, but we are starting off with that more traditional lead score model where we're just looking at an individual's explicit behaviors as paired with their demographic information. And then we're also, we started a proof of concept with Lattice Engines to do some predictive lead scoring for one of our business units as well. So that's pretty exciting. One of the things that has been a primary challenge for us is pairing not just that digital behavior, which is all over the place, across the, happening across multiple different platforms, but also taking a look at the individual's demographic and firmographic information and making sure that we have the right data and the clean data and complete data to, to make the right assumptions about that individual. I'll be interested to hear more about that project. We, we, should, we should riff on that a little bit another time because we've certainly yeah. done a lot in the, in the predictive area. Let's talk about communities because, you know, the Thompson Reuters, uh, let's see if I remember the brand strategy. You, are you guys the, the answer company? Do I have that right? That's it. Ah, you got it. All right. Well, you're, you're making your impression. We're doing something right. Yep. <laughs> so you guys are the answer company and you're in the legal group. So you have a lot of thought leadership, a lot of content that you can provide to your customers in the community. You guys have a, a gated community today, correct? We do. Yep. What's your thoughts on gated versus open communities when you guys talk about that? So it was interesting. I had a conversation with our community managers or, or the team that leads that a few weeks ago. And I had just, it was just doing a, a little exploratory information, trying to get a better understanding of what we do and, and why we do it. And one thing that they had said was that we do have a gated community. And there were two primary reasons for that. One is to safeguard the experience of the community members to make sure that there's people not going in there and abusing the platform. But then two, to have that as a value add for our subscribers so that they can have a place to where they can collaborate with their peers and bounce ideas off of one another. There's pros and cons. I'm going to be out at Infusionsoft and Doug Seacrest over there. He's really been actually taking a approach that his content, all the content on the site, is uh, subscriber-based. So rather than like putting up a gated form and saying, hey, give us this information and then you can get this piece of content, it's more, hey, join our community, subscribe to our content, and it's just mm -hmm. a different messaging and different approach. He's had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. Smart guy, good guy to have out there in, in all of our networks. When you When you think about the community, the nice advantage of putting tracking scripts and looking at digital body language in the community is you get to look at people's engagement. And often websites, you know, when someone becomes a customer, they don't really need to go to your website unless you're the type of business or have content that maintains that engagement with your customer community. So the fact that you guys have a designated community that's chock full of, of information, not only that you guys are producing, but others as well, helps to keep people engaged and extend that customer experience mm -hmm. as you guys have been working on. It's really great and just turning those those people who are active with the tools that we offer or the platforms or services that we have, trying to gain those people to actively engage and basically self-promote or advocate our products on our behalf, I think is a really great opportunity for us. And when I think about other online communities that I'm particularly a part of, things like Eloqua's Topliners, totally free, totally open, no subscription required. And I think as a marketing automation person, whether you use Eloqua or not, I think that it's a 
a platform or an area a community to where you can go and find like-minded people handling and running into a lot of the same problems. Totally valuable. Yeah. We, you know, we started demand gen radio just towards the end of last year because I wanted mm-hmm. yet another channel to help educate and inform people. We've been doing a lot more videos and we've got a blog that has just been blowing up. Our, our blog on uh, demandgen.com is getting just tons of views on all of our posts and I do a lot of posting on, on LinkedIn and so do others on my team. So mm-hmm. we're definitely committed to getting education out there. We want as many marketers to understand the methods and technologies and that's what this show is all about. I, I really appreciate taking time out of your day to join me. Thank you, Kyle. Great. Thanks for having me, David. Well, I mentioned earlier Kyle's family's uh, distillery business, and that is Dennings, right? Do I have that correct? Dennings? Yeah, that's it. Dennings Point. So go to mashandgrape.com. I grabbed a couple bottles of their whiskey, which goes by the, the Beacon brand. But, uh, you know, hey, you can learn about marketing technology on the show and great whiskey and, and other and other booze. Great. Thanks for the plug, David. The play of today's episode will be available in just a couple days on DimensionRadio.com. And I want to thank you for the, the tweets and the emails that you guys send me with content ideas. Very much appreciated. Don't forget you can tune into Demangen Radio on iTunes. There's a podcast app on your iPhone or on Google Play. Just search for Demangen and you can get connected. All right, that'll wrap us up. And as everybody knows, I always like to end the session with a important reminder, and that is to make marketing matter most in your organization. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.